about to start so pop those headphones in and let Sophia style radio to keep you company. Love Thy Body Project, home of female empowerment. If you'd like to get in touch or find out how you can work with us, then just head on over to lovethybodyproject.com. Enjoy non-stop music from original female artists only on Sophia Style Radio. Find out more on all the W's, sophiaandi.co.uk, search under our playlists and artists. Original female artists only on Sophia Style Radio.
Welcome to Love Thy Body Project, the show where no topic is off limits. We're here to encourage, empower and support. Today you've got myself, Laura Bland, and the very gorgeous Anna Louise Bonasara, and together we are two-thirds of Love Thy Body Project. Now, before we dive in and I introduce today's guest, I am going to give out a trigger warning because we are talking about a sensitive topic. So if you're feeling quite emotional, if it's something you've been through yourself and you're not ready to be um, listening to conversations around it or opening yourself back up to the emotions, we are going to be talking about pregnancy termination today. Um, so just a warning there, if you feel that now is not the time for you to be listening to this conversation, and obviously feel free to tune out and come back and join us another week for a different episode. Um, tonight's show will eventually go onto the podcast, so it is something that you can come back to later on in your journey if you are then looking for a little bit of support and finding out how someone else has navigated through um, their termination for medical reasons. So trigger warning that if you're not ready do tune out, pop back and listen in another week. But today's guest is the lovely Lucy and Lucy runs Relax with Lucy and Co. She is a mindfulness meditation instructor a hypnobirthing teacher and a mental health nurse. Thank you for joining us today. Hi guys, you okay? We are good, thank you. Do you want, before we really get into things, just introduce yourself a little bit more for our listeners and tell them kind of, so obviously you there with the, the mindfulness, the hypnobirthing, the mental health side of things, you're obviously very supportive for other people and you give a lot of yourself to support others so just tell us a bit about you and how you found your way into those different areas okay yeah Let, let's have a think so let's start with the uh, the psychiatric nursing because that kind of came first really so um yeah I trained to be a nurse um some years ago now I think I've been a nurse for about seven years now I think it's seven years and um, I'd always worked in healthcare before that so I've kind of worked in healthcare for over a decade I got into psychiatric nursing in particular uh, just because I had had a real keen interest in nursing but I've, I'd always had a real passion to help people because um, when I was 15 my twin brother suddenly passed away and his heart just stopped suddenly and um, I experienced a lot of my own suffering from that experience and uh, looked into ways to try and help myself and I don't know I found that I actually just felt like helping people made me feel better so I just naturally moved towards the caring profession and was able to use my own experience to help people especially in psychiatric care and then I did that for, for quite some time and um, I but during my nurse training I'd experienced anxiety about some anxiety so I'd naturally got into meditation and uh, really found those relaxation strategies and techniques really helpful for me so I then went I went and trained to become an instructor because I wanted to try and help my patients that I was working with I didn't just want to read a book and pretend that I knew all about it I thought I want to go and actually have some formal training in 2017 um, I I lost my little girl Ellie uh, we'll, we'll obviously go into that in a little bit more detail in a little while um, but following her birth I went to train to teach hypnobirthing um, just because we had a hypnobirth with our daughter even though she wasn't alive at the point of delivery so I wanted to do that in her memory and then all of that kind of collectively led to me setting up a not-for-profit organization um, and it was just myself originally I actually set it up when I came out of work in the NHS for a little while after I lost my daughter because 
I needed to kind of do something that was going to be flexible for my own mental health. So I set up this organization just to help. And then when I felt strong enough to go back to do my nursing again, I wanted to keep it going. So I set up the not-for-profit, expanded. There's a team of about 19 of us now. Um, and we're all kind of meditation, mindfulness, well-being practitioners. And collectively, we help um, not just our local community, but we're helping people on a, on a national level. I mean, we had people from Australia dialing into one of our um, calls a little while back, which was really amazing. So it sounds incredibly busy, and it, but I guess, you know, life is for living, in my opinion. And um, I'm not somebody just to kind of sit around and, and kind of wish I would have done something. If I have an idea, I, I like to follow it through. So in a nutshell That's incredible and I love the idea of hypnobirthing it's not something that I've ever done but mm. it was something I really was interested in learning more about and I just never got around to it with my last pregnancy but in the future definitely something I want to do because it just sounds amazing hang on yeah. whoa 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 Let, let's pause that there in the future we're popping out more uh, yes I'm definitely going needs? to have one more definitely I'm not done yet but I just I need a few year, more years to set the business up so then I can step away from it and, <laughs> and then have peace of mind so not just yet but I definitely want another one definitely so for, for, for those that don't know so <laughs> Anna is already a mum of four and that includes um twin boys that she's got as well and actually four boys not just the twin boys but Anna's got yeah. four boys already four boys and so I'm not just why... trying for a girl that's like that's not the thing like if I had a girl obviously it'd be amazing although I think it would be a lot harder to have after having all boys little girl but um uh yeah I, I just want one more just just because I feel cheated out of a pregnancy because I had twins so it's fine I'm getting free <laughs> with that so. <laughs> so, let's, so let's talk about the hypnobirthing for a minute then because it's something that I've heard about multiple times um I've only got one daughter myself I don't plan on any others so we can all scratch that off the list of uh, <laughs> things to keep an eye on what is the kind of premise behind hypnobirthing? Hypnobirthing is um, it's basically it's an umbrella term for a whole set of techniques and tools that you learn to try and aid the relaxation response throughout the birthing process. So I, I had a hypnobirth with Ellie, but I, I actually went on to have two other boys after Ellie. So I've, I've got a six month old and a two and a half year old. Oh, sorry, he's nearly three now. So I'm, yeah, that, that's interesting. Um, now, <laughs> I had a hypnobirth with both my boys as well as Ellie. It was absolutely amazing. So what we do is on, on a course, it's normally run like a four-week course. And we, we, we empower not just mums, but dads as well to actually believe in their own ability that birth doesn't have to be um, seen as kind of a means to an end. It's not just something that you've just got to do. Birth should be really celebrated. And, um, you know, the, for a lot of people, they get extremely anxious around the birthing process and during birth. And what hypnobirthing does, it helps people tap into their own natural ability to relax because when we're able to relax during, during the process, it's a lot more, um, you're a lot more at ease because you're kind of more welcoming. You're not kind of tensing up going, no, 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 I don't want this contraction. I don't want it. It's more about <laughs> going with it, <laughs> breathing, using some really, really good breathing techniques to try and help relax the body, using visualization and using things to aid the relaxation response, like smells and music and um, and also hypnobirthing teaches dads how they can support mum on the day. So when I was in labor with my son, Isaac, I said to my husband, you're doing really well, Rick. And he was like, <laughs> you're doing well. <laughs> but he, he just knew how to keep me really kind of focused. I had the most amazing birth with uh, Isaac and Noah. 
And so much so that my husband said, no, he said, we're not going again because he's incredibly tired. And I'm just not at that point yet because the thought of not giving birth again makes me really upset, really, really upset. Absolutely, 100% believe in hypnobirthing because it's just worked for me and it's worked for the ladies that I've worked with. And it's a real honor and a pleasure to teach people to kind of be able to approach birth in, in a positive way rather than kind of really feeling anxious and scared about the whole thing. With those other experiences and the skills that you've got with the meditation and the, the mental health experience that you've got, that must all kind of come together really well so that you've got kind of a wealth of knowledge to support the, yeah. the specifics of hypnobirthing as well. So, yeah, massively. Really really it's really, it's really helpful because people it, during the, the course, we have to talk about all sorts of things, not just pregnancies. So often <laughs> you can kind of end up talking about how people are not sleeping properly. And then you find that you're teaching around sleep management techniques and how they can do that. And it's a, it's a real kind of a real great privilege to be able to be in a position to help people. I guess I, I kind of took pregnancy and labor. I just went with the flow and I had no real idea when it came to you know you, you get the kind of traditional writing a birthing plan kind mm -hmm. of thing the only thing that I kind of had was I don't want an epidural and there was one other um form of you know pain pain relief that I didn't want either um mm -hmm. but then actually I had a really quick labor as well so their mm -hmm. advice was why don't you have a bath get yourself some breakfast come in in a couple of hours and we'll check if that's what it was and I was thinking well I really think it's my waters because I don't think I can pee for this long and like every time I moved there was more leakage and everything and and, and I know that everyone out there that's listening that's had kids and gone through that kind of process you know what I'm talking about I was waddling around the house like with a towel stuffed between my legs and stuff you know <laughs> But I woke my partner up and I told him and I said, oh, my waters have gone, but I've spoken to the hospital and there's no rush. And he went back to sleep for a bit. And I did what they said and I got in the bath and I chilled out for a bit. And I think it was about two hours later that my contractions started. So mm. we eventually we headed off to the hospital. I was then in a wheelchair being ran through corridors, told not to push. And I think I was in an actual like a birthing room for less than an hour. And then there she was. We'd got Callie. So I think all in all, from my waters breaking to Callie being born, it was about four and a half hours. I didn't I never really. And I think back then, nine years ago, things like hypnobirthing and water births and, and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. It wasn't really something that I'd knew about or heard of or understood how to look into it or anything it was just kind of a case of did I want pain meds or not and which kind would I be open to receiving and that yeah. was pretty much it and then on the day everything was so fast anyway that you know there was nothing there was no time um yeah. but I think from my point of view I think it went easy I would say one because it was a fast labor but two because hadn't really thought about it very much so I hadn't given myself the opportunity to get worried or stressed or worked up so yeah. it just kind of happened I yeah. went afterwards you know you, you wait a while and then they send you into a little room to go and get yourself showered and cleaned up and I went and did that and I came back into the birthing room and Lee was on the bed asleep so, um, there you go. Just tiring for men, isn't it? It was Exhausting. so tiring. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, we'll take a quick break. We'll have some music. And after that, we're going to come back and we're going to get into the more serious topic of termination and actually how we can support ourselves and each other through mm -hmm. the kind of the emotional side of that, the mental health impacts that you can have and um yeah so don't go away come back we will be here after some music 
if you'd like to get in touch or find out how you can work with us, then just head on over to lovethybodyproject.com. Enjoy non-stop music from original female artists only on Sophia's Style Radio. Find out more on all the W's, sophiaandi.co.uk. Search under our playlists and artists. There's gonna be a day you feel alone Knocking on a door in no one's home You're wondering what life is all about I'm here to help out Never thought I'm with you everywhere And I know when I need you, you'll be there for me Cause I believe Everybody's somebody's angel As you're walking this earth Don't forget what's your
Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Love Thy Body Project, where no topic is off limits. You've got myself, Laura Bland, and the lovely Anna Louise Bonacera. And our guest today is Lucy. Before we get started again, I'm just going to give out that trigger warning because we are talking about quite a sensitive topic today. We're discussing um, pregnancy termination for varying reasons, specifically at the moment, medical reasons. So if this is something that you've experienced, if it's something you've got very strong feelings about, or if you're just feeling a little bit raw and emotional at the moment and today isn't the time for you to listen to this kind of subject, then do um, hop off and come back and listen at a later date. The show will eventually hit the podcast so you can listen further on when you're feeling a little bit more up to it. So Lucy, I'm going to come to you. Um, just walk us through your journey, what was happening, what your experiences have been and what's led you to where you are today. Yeah, when, when me and my husband, um, we, we've been together for uh, a while, I think um, maybe six, seven years. So the time came to get a dog and you know, you get a dog and you naturally think, well, what should we do now? We're all responsible now. Um, let's have a baby. So, um, you know, we decided to try to conceive and it took a little bit of time. We managed, um, managed to obviously be successful and then I'm with, with being a psychiatric nurse, I wanted to look into ways in which I could try and approach birth differently. And somebody had recommended hypnobirthing. And so we'd done a hypnobirthing course actually a lot earlier than we should have done, um, which I'm really grateful for now, actually. We approached a 20 week scan um, as normal routine and uh, went for the appointment. But at the time, the lady that was scanning, she couldn't see our daughter's heart, but she didn't seem concerned. And I've got a heart condition, um, which is monitored quite a lot and they just said well you need to go for a further test anyway on your heart and we'll want to look at baby's heart in a bit more depth so we went along to another a bigger hospital in in manchester and um we went around about and they were having a little look and they didn't really tell us anything all day but myself and rick knew that something wasn't quite right um, and we got to around about five-ish in the evening and the consultant um eventually just said to us um really sorry I'm, I'm, I understand that you've maybe realized that you know something isn't right and um, what we have found with Ellie's heart is uh, where you have four chambers so like the heart like into four but that this part of the chamber is essentially gone so she just got two halves of the heart and what that means is that the heart's not going to be working um, properly and in order to operate um, it will be honest with you the, it would take an absolute miracle for anything to be a success but we're not sure, so we'll keep on having a little look and, and try to sort of delve a little bit more deeper. So we were sent away. And they also were querying at the time, like, um, you know, another abnormality like Down syndrome. Um, and and they, they said, we'd like to send you for further testing for that, which is quite uh, distressing where they insert a, a big needle into um, your tummy um, to take, I think they picked some of the fluid, if I'm, if I'm correct. I haven't actually looked into what they actually did. At the time, it was, I just remember it being extremely painful um, and distressing. And we went around, I think we went on like that for about three weeks, keep going back to the hospital, having tests, not really realising um, how serious it was, not really knowing what to do. And we actually took ourselves away, believe it or not, we took ourselves away glamping with the dog. So we just took ourselves off to a year in the forest with no technology, no TV, nothing, just near a beach because um, we were faced with, with the possibility that there may be an abnormality um, as well as a heart condition and 
basically we, we don't really know enough yet so um, we just we need to need to go away but you need to kind of prepare for the worst um so we went away and had to just talk and talk and talk loads of talking and uh, without any family without any friends interfering because obviously family as well wishing as they are they've all got their own opinion um, of what they think you should do so you know I remember people saying you know well you should just continue with the pregnancy and you just see what happens it might not be that bad and so it's like it kind of all messes with your mind and you're thinking well, I don't know what's best for her we don't know what's best for us um, and then we went back and um, they, they just said you know it's kind of what what we originally thought it's just not not looking really hopeful so you've got two options you can either continue with the pregnancy go to full term deliver her um, but it's likely that it's just going to be palliative at the end um, or you can choose to have a termination earlier uh, for medical reasons and um, we can do that as soon as possible for you so we were like what what do you do you know do you do you just carry on and hope for the best do you end it earlier how does how how will that feel what will it be like to deliver a baby that's that's died and all these different emotions and feelings and and with my husband's a physiotherapist and with me being a nurse, we, we kind of approached it quite sort of rationally head on. Uh, we actually wrote a little bit of a kind of a um, for and against like document. We wrote like a bit of a, it was kind of a, a, a plan of action. Uh, we just tried to really make it really black and white because we wanted to try and make the best decision for us and, and for her. And we were told that, so Ellie was around about 23 weeks and we were told that at this point in the pregnancy, it, you know, if we ended the pregnancy now, it, there wouldn't be any, there wouldn't be any suffering. Um, but they said if you continue the pregnancy, it's likely that she will suffer, um, you know, towards the end and if you was deliver her and stuff. So after a lot of talking and deliberation, we decided that it would be in all of everybody's interest to end the pregnancy earlier. And it's just the hardest decision you've ever got to make. And um, I think there's a lot of people who, and you know, when you talk about termination for medical reasons, there's a lot of people who 100% just say, no, what, I would never do that. Um, there's no way I'd do that. I'd just, I'd, I'd basically, I'd just go on and I'd, I'd try my best, you know, like just to get through it and I'd just see what happens. But I can honestly say, I probably would have been one of those people before you get put in that situation. And you really don't know how you're going to respond until you face with that dilemma. And we wrote a letter to ourselves when we decided to terminate because we didn't want to look back and think we'd made the wrong decision. So we wrote a letter to ourselves and wrote down all the, all the reasons why, at the time, at that point in our life, why we chose to do what we did. Um, and we, we don't regret doing what we did. Wish we could make it so it wasn't this way. Um, but we feel that it was in it was in Ellie's interest if we ended the pregnancy earlier. So she was born at 23 weeks plus um, three days, which was really frustrating in a sense because she's actually not classed as a life. Um, I didn't get a death certificate um, because she was just under 24 weeks. So it was it's just really messed up really how it how it all kind of plays out. So. So yeah, so we did that, um, but we chose to have a hypnobirth with her um, to try and um, make the experience of birth one to remember for all the, the right reasons. And we wanted to approach it in a really calm, controlled, relaxed way and make her birth a, a really beautiful experience. So she was born to like 
music and loving this and um you know we we um kind of came together we used breathing techniques and it was just a really lovely way to say hello and goodbye at the same time and my my husband chose to see Ellie and hold her um but I just felt I couldn't do that at the time but what the hospital did do for me is they took pictures of her and um they put they put them on a memory card and then they also gave us some big pictures as well and I have since that time been able to sit down and, and look through them pictures and it brings me a lot of comfort to do that and we've got little handprints in like clay and little like handprints in ink and stuff like that so um I mean it's it's no replacement for her not being here but it's at least something that I've got um of her and there's a really great picture of Rick and Ellie together and, and Rick looks really proud and it's just a really nice picture to look back on so I cannot imagine for a second going through any of that and I'm like I'm dead emotional listening it's like yeah yeah it, 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 I think for, for me the hardest part of it um was it it was kind of having to make a decision but the way that the way that it works is that they have to insert um, a needle into baby's heart while you while the baby's still in your belly um, to stop the heart and that was the hardest part for me because um, just you know having having to make that decision and they get you to sign a form um, and mum has to sign it not dad mum mm -hmm. um, but I, I made Rick sign it as well just as a bit of a kind of no this is this is both of us that are doing this together now it's not just me um, so yeah you take some tablets and they give you an injection um, but but that was it took ages because the person that were doing it, she couldn't get in the right place. So what should have been a really quick procedure ended up being, I think, I think it was about half an hour. She just kept going in, going in with this needle, going in with this needle. It was absolutely horrific. But I had my hypnobirthing music on in my ears and I had my lavender and I was just focusing on my breathing. They actually said to me, it's crazy, but they said, we're really sorry, but we, we just can't get, we can't get in where, to where we need to be. So would it be okay if you went home and came back tomorrow and we'll try again? Uh, no. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. So I said, well, can, can you just give us, please, can you just give us like, you know, 10 minutes? And we went into the, the room next door and Rick said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I just want to carry on. I said, I'm here now. My bags are packed for birth. I said, I'm in, I'm in the headspace. I'm here. I don't want to go home. And then what happened was um, they came back in and said, Let, what do you want to do? So I said, I, I just want to try one more time. So we went back in and um, I don't know how it happened, but whatever they'd been doing before, it actually worked. So while we, my, while me and Rick were in the other room, she'd actually passed away at that time. Um, so, but we always look back at that little time and it was quite nice because it was just us two in the room together and we was eating twirls and um, chocolate and we were just having a bit of a giggle as well. Like, because me and Rick, we very... It's like how people think, how can you laugh in this situation? But we we just we are just like that, you know. We kind of we 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 know we don't take a Pollyanna approach to life, but we try and just be positive. And we didn't want the experience to be like traumatic and horrible and one that we can't look back on. And yeah, so and then we went back. They just said, yeah, she's passed away. And then and then we went into the delivery of of her. And yeah, so it's it was just an absolute whirlwind of emotions and then and then when you come home without a baby because what happened is um we actually ended up leaving out the same entrance as everybody else with their babies 
So we were walking with people there with their baby carrier, with their baby in it. And me and Rick are walking out with a box because the box was a memory box that we got given off the hospital with like just little bits in. And we stood in the lift next to this couple with their brand new baby and me and Rick would have stood with this box. <sighs> whoa, whoa, what, what the hell has just happened? Um, and I did actually feed back to the hospital about that. I said, I think there needs to be a separate exit for people because uh, that, that just wasn't, that wasn't okay. And then following, following the days after, I got phone calls from the hospital. Hi, Mrs. Livesey, I'm just wondering where you are. You've not turned up for your scan. And it's like, <sighs> so I had to tell them, oh, my baby's just died and she's okay. Oh, wait, really sorry, we'll take it off the record. And then I got another phone call a couple of days later asking me again, where are you? Um, you know, you've not, you've not turned up for this. So that, that was really poor. And just the whole kind of after, after part as well, when you've like, because you, your body's just had a baby, your body still behaves exactly the same. So you're still bleeding. Your breasts um, give you a tablet to stop the milk from coming in. But your hormones are just everywhere. And I remember this physical ache in my arms of just not having this child to hold. And I couldn't, no matter what I did, I couldn't, couldn't get this feeling to go away. Um, and, and then people don't know what to say. So like they'll just cross over the road or they won't speak to you or and um, and then with my husband being a physio and um, he he went back to work shortly after and then it was like patients who haven't seen him for ages hi Rick how, how's your wife doing have you had the baby and Rick was having to tell the same story over and over again and um yeah so and I, I actually had it not so long ago people somebody said did, did you have weren't you having a daughter and I was like yeah and then you tell them what happened but I always say, if anyone says, how many children have you got? I always say I've got three because I'll never, ever, ever pretend that she's not, she doesn't exist just to make somebody else feel comfortable. I'll never do that. And it, it does make people feel uncomfortable. Um, but I just think, no, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't be that. So yeah, but her little life, um, as far as I'm concerned, it's had such a, a wonderful little butterfly effect and I'm really making sure of that now. So yeah, I feel really grateful that I had those five months pregnant with her and, and yeah so it's it's just it's really bittersweet sometimes mm -hmm. so much within that journey to kind of to, to talk about and things but let's let's talk first of all in terms of one of the one of the last things that you were saying was about obviously other people when they know what you've been through so friends family acquaintances that you might you know not see very often and bump into for the, for those people so for for those of us that aren't physically going through it or haven't had that loss but we've got someone that we know that has what can we do or what can we say or is it just a case of just treat you the same way we would have treated you before just say hello just ask how you're doing how how can we be that supportive person or not be the person that crosses the road I mean I, I've, I've been thinking about this myself because it's it's actually Ellie's birthday in May so on the 12th of May it'll be her birthday um, so she would have been old. Every year her birthdays passed, and um, for the, I think for the first one or two years we didn't really acknowledge it. Not because, not because we didn't care. It's just we agreed together that we didn't want to make kind of a big fuss around birthdays and then around like the anniversary of, of, of death and things like that. And um, um, but that that was how I felt at the time. That now me and Rick are on a very different page now because I feel like now I do want to acknowledge her birthday because I feel in a different headspace with it all. 
But um, over the years, there hasn't really been an awful lot of mention of birthdays or anything from family members. And I think people just don't really want to bring it up. But I think when I'm thinking, well, what would I need? What, what do I like to see more of? So just some things would be for people to actually make a note of her birthday, you know, in the diary, even if just to kind of um, make a little note. So then they, they could drop me a text message just to say, how are you doing? Or happy birthday, Ellie. Um, you know, just just to kind of show that support rather than not not acknowledging it because it's not going to upset. I don't personally. Everyone I speak to who's lost a baby, they they, they want they want people to talk about the baby, people to acknowledge what's happened, they want people to check in, um, and also as well, just you know, I think sometimes people think just because you've gone on to have other children that you're okay. And I'm somebody as well that I'm 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 very very good at, at just. Uh, looking like I'm okay you know I'm talking to you then about that experience of Ellie and but inside I've got so much emotion but I'll talk like it's just like I'm, I'm okay with it but I'm not okay with it it's just I'm so used to it. it's, it's a script that I've just rehearsed many times now so I'm so used to talking about it and putting this front on and it's the same when I lost my twin brother 15 years ago it might be more than that now but I think it is yeah you know and, and people I think people think that oh yeah she must be okay now but grief is so it's just changeable you know you're not ever okay you just learn to move forward and you learn to weather the ups and the down the down sorry and you just kind of learn what helps and what doesn't help and it's a real real process so I think for people it's about understanding that just because it happened a long time ago it's just still to check in with them and um, still to acknowledge that child still to make a note of those special anniversaries and, and just to do something do something nice and and also it's all a really random thing but I went to a baby reveal party it's a really bittersweet situation because Rick's both both of Rick's brothers are now having babies the first babies that they've had but they're both having girls now Ellie was the first girl in Rick's family for, for ages like no one's had a girl in forever so his his parents were so happy when we said we were having a girl and then obviously Ellie passed away and then now they're both having girls together. And that for me, that's extremely difficult to watch because although I'm, it's, it's a real mess of emotions because I'm really happy for them, but I'm sad for me and I'm sad for us. And I'm anticipating, oh, well, how, how, will, that, how will it be watching those with the grandparents and that could have been Ellie. But I know all that's not helpful. Um, but I went to the reveal party and um, before we found out the other brother was having a girl, the pink confetti went up and the pink balloons and it was a massive trigger for me but they already knew what they were having before they did the reveal party so they knew they were having a girl because they did two separate ones for different families but on reflection for me I would have appreciated it if they would have just given me the heads up before and just said just to let you know Luce we are having a girl sorry to ruin the surprise but we just don't want just want to warn you because I had to sit there with family and I was extremely upset and I didn't want to show it to anybody because I didn't want to make the day about me. So I sat there and I held it all. And um, it was really, really difficult, really difficult. So um, even just little things like that, just to think, just to think a little bit more about, is this gonna bother that person? It's really difficult. It's a difficult one to do because everyone's individual, but those are things yeah. that would help me. It is, you're right. It's very difficult, isn't it? Because we all, we all go through grief and, and process our emotions and our feelings and things very, very differently. But I think you're right in terms of just trying to have a little bit more awareness of people around us. And even though, you know, we're, we're going through these 
really happy, really joyous occasions. Sometimes it's just, particularly when it's people that are very close to you, you know, family, close friends, that kind of thing. It, it, yeah. Sometimes it is the simple things that can make a big difference. Like you say, with the, the gender reveal party, just being able to say to you beforehand so that you could be mentally prepared for that. You could process those feelings a little bit ahead of time and not, not like you say, try and hide it because you don't want to, it's those feelings of guilt almost, isn't it? That you don't want to ruin somebody else's happy day or special occasion. So yeah, I think you're right. Sometimes it is just having a bit of a look up and outside of yourself to see what others are going through. Yeah, I think people are too scared as well sometimes that they'll say the wrong thing. But then I also think that I've learned in the past that saying nothing is probably worse in a way. You know, just acknowledging it is important, I think, to, you know, you as the mother, just by acknowledging it and trying to comfort in some way and let them have their emotions because you know I think sometimes people are very quick to like well you should be thankful you've got kids now and stuff like that and I just think that's totally for anything like the wrong way to look about it you know it's so important to honour how you feel yeah it, it really is I've seen this um, social media post and um, it said it made a comparison between losing a baby and losing your husband and all the things that people say to you so you lost your husband you know, people wouldn't say, oh, don't worry, you can get another one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Or, oh, it was meant to happen that your husband died. <laughs> no, this is what people say when you've lost a baby. It was meant to happen. You know, you can have other children. People don't use the same language with other losses. It's not right. It shouldn't, that vocabulary should not be happening. But it does, because people don't know what to say. Yeah. It definitely needs to be talked more about. And I think, you know, it's one of those subjects like mental health has definitely become much more talked about and and things like miscarriage and, um, and termination are things that just need more understanding around. And we're only going to do that if we keep talking. So coming on and, and being a guest is, is very, very valuable. So thank you for sharing. Okay. I think the other thing with the more we talk about it as well, the stuff that you will highlight in about literally just leaving the hospital but actually being surrounded by other parents with their newborn babies getting those phone calls for appointments that they should have known were not going to happen yeah you know I mean talk about kicking a person when they're down that is just horrendous you know the the stress that you're going through at the time the emotions the physical state that you're in and then to have to actually tell someone else that should already be aware of what's happened and should be much more sensitive to the situation you know you're so raw in those early days weeks months and to just having to keep on going back through it when actually those institutions you know the hospitals the service providers they should know better and they should do better for the women that are in that situation for the families that are going through that I think the only way to highlight that is by talking and sharing and like you said you know you went back to the hospital you gave them that feedback and if more people can do that when they're faced with those situations that's the only way that that change is really going to happen isn't it yeah so we are going to take another quick break for some music um i don't know about you guys but i need to regroup and uh you know <laughs> the emotions back down so stick with us we will be back very shortly I 
Welcome back to Love Thy Body Project, the show where no topic is off limits. You've got myself, Laura Bland, the lovely Anna Bonacera, and the fantastic Lucy. And if you've been listening to the rest of the show, um, I'm sure you're feeling a little bit emotional, just like the rest of us. But it's a really important topic that we're talking about today. So Lucy's just been telling us about her and her partner's experience um, when they had to make the decision on what they were doing with their pregnancy for medical reasons and they had a beautiful little girl called Ellie who unfortunately they had to terminate just under 24 weeks into the pregnancy um, which is quite a horrific situation that I cannot imagine going through and the the emotions and the stress but Lucy is taking her experience and she's moving forward in a way to try and support and help other women and other families. So Lucy, tell us a little bit about what it is that you're doing now to help other people. Yeah, okay. Um, so uh, after I delivered Ellie, um, because, of, because of the hypnobirth that we managed to have with her, I was really inspired to go on to try and train to teach hypnobirthing because I felt like if I could do hypnobirthing in that situation and the techniques to actually work really well in helping to keep us calm, 
um, then what must this stuff be like in a normal situation when you go through birth in a normal delivery situation? So um, I waited around about nine months and then I decided to train with a, a company called the Wise Control and Birthing Company. So they're based in London. So I took myself off to London. I sat in this room, I, sat, I remember sitting in a room with all these people, mums, they'd all had hypnobirths, amazing hypnobirths, and we all went around and told our story. And it got to me, and, and I was the only one without any child. And um, I told my story, and everyone, everybody's jaw was like on the floor. And it was like, they must have thought, what are you doing here? Like, why are you even here? Because it was just crazy, the fact that I just went along. And looking back now, I don't know how I did it. And I uh, managed to get my qualification to teach hypnobirth in. And then, and then on that weekend of my training, I actually fell pregnant with my son Isaac, who's my rainbow baby. So that was a really wonderful thing to be teaching hypnobirthing and then to be going through pregnancy again with the rainbow baby and then to have an amazing hypnobirth with him. So I did that for, for a couple of years alongside teaching kind of mindfulness meditation, being a psychiatric nurse. And then, but I just kept thinking back to all the, you know, all the techniques that I used in Nelly's birth. And I was thinking about all the ladies that were going through the same situation, having no support, having no kind of birth um, advice around the techniques that we could be using to try and lessen anxiety during that time. So I looked into some funding um, options and I managed to get funding to develop an app. Um, so the app that's still developed is an app called Ellie's Gift um, because it's a gift from Ellie to the world. Yeah, it's a, it's a quick resource tool and it's designed to be used for families prior to the delivery of a baby that has died. So it doesn't have to be medical termination or it can be any reason. It advocates really simple advice and techniques that people could take forward. So for example, it teaches ladies how to breathe during the contractions. Because for some people, especially first time mums who've never done birth before, it's a really scary thing when you don't know what's going on. What you're doing, especially especially about delivering a baby that's actually not alive, that's a whole different different thing. Um, it, it advocates how birth partner, if you have a birth partner, can support them. It advocates how to make the birthing environment much more relaxed. How you can use smells and music. It provides a, a baby loss birth plan as well, um, as well as a, a, a what to pack in hospital bag checklist. You know, um, talks a little bit about aftercare support. Um, and it's got an aftercare support resource area, which we are just developing at the moment and adding more resources around that. And uh, the app's made up of quick resource videos. So it's like you know, really short, snappy videos, because I remember when I was in that situation, you've not got a long time to prepare for birth. Your brain's completely frazzled. So I wanted something that was going to be really quick and easy. And then it's also got audio relaxation tracks on a meditation track that you can listen to, which I'm still um, developing and adding to at the moment. So, so that's the Ellie's Gift app. Um, we are thankfully working with the NHS at the moment to try and make that accessible. The, the, the goal is to make it accessible in every single um, ward that, that, you know, that we can um, that support ladies through this type of delivery. So yes, yeah, so that's kind of the aim. And then off the off the kind of the back of that we've also launched what we call the butterfly project which is it's a new page on instagram so please for anybody who's listening give it a little follow because we've not got many followers and that's really just kind of a, a separate area for our baby loss work because we're part of an organization called relaxing lucy and co so it's a not-for-profit and we do a lot of mindfulness stuff but this baby loss work we felt needed a, a little bit of a separate individual platform so we launched the butterfly project because in my 
well, Ali's life has been a butterfly effect, so it was kind of fitting that we chose. So the plan with the butterfly project then is, is to um, provide mindfulness um, for lost resources for people to listen to and relaxation tracks and just basically free, free resources along the lines of relaxation because after loss you experience, I experienced, well, anxiety, I couldn't sleep, um, a lot of guilt as well. So there's a lot of, going to be a lot of um, resources around, you know, releasing guilt and, and things like that. So, so yeah, it's, it's a work in progress. The, the aim is to eventually train people up to deliver our baby loss classes as well. It's kind of the work that, that we're doing, but it's mainly me individually because I'm the bereaved mother of the team. So I'm kind of leading it all. But Michelle and Rachel, my colleagues, they're, they're always on hand to, to help and support where they can. It sounds like you're doing a great job. So the app was Ellie's Gift and Instagram, go and follow um, Butterfly Project. Excellent. Is there anywhere else, Lucy, that people can connect with you if they're just looking for a little bit of support or if they want to share their journey? Yeah, um, so they can find us on our website, which is relaxedlucy.co.uk. Um, and then for like resources around just relaxation in general, we've also got a YouTube channel. Um, again, great if you can hit the subscribe on that as well. But yes, there's lots of resources and support on there as well for people. Uh, we've, we've also got as well um, a little podcast on Spotify, which is Radio Relax. Um, but that's just at the minute uh, mindfulness series that we've got going on there. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, really important topic to be talking about. And I'm really pleased that you've been able to come on and share your journey with us and with all of our listeners. So um, do head over, go and connect with Lucy in all the various different places. So they've got the podcast on Spotify, they've got YouTube channel, Butterfly Project on Instagram, they've got the website, and of course the Ellie's Gift app. And they're just yeah. everywhere. So go find <laughs> on a slightly different topic. If you are looking for a little bit of help with your self-love right now, your confidence, your self-belief, then join Anna, Serena and I for our signature five-day workshop, which is the Self-Love Reboot that starts on Monday the 10th of May. And you can head over to www.selflovedetox.com forward slash reboot to get yourself booked on that one. We will be back again for another show next week. So don't forget to come back. And if you want to listen again to today's show, keep an eye out on the podcast for when it gets loaded. Thank you very much and we'll speak to you again soon. If you'd like to get in touch or find out how you can work with us, then just head on over to lovethybodyproject.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. 